The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, we're talking a little bit about... um, Shifting from women to men, marketing to men. I know that seems a little odd for purse strings, but some news just out this week by the Wall Street Journal talking about Procter & Gamble and this powerhouse of a company really known for all its really great work in the marketing women's space is going to be giving its beauty and grooming division a pretty big makeover. And in fact, according to the publication, P&G is going to restructure their unit to make a greater play for men, which is, is kind of interesting. I think we've all been focused on marketing to women so much. Uh, I think a lot of companies are kind of getting hip to the fact that marketing to men may have kind of gone by the wayside. Well, the division chief um, has saying that it will really require a cultural shift. Um, you know, when it came down to their acquisition of Gillette Um, It kind of moved more a little bit toward this men-focused approach. And they think that there are some opportunities to really fix the business unit uh, when it comes to beauty. Um, You know, Gillette's razors and blades have already dominated the mass market. Um, You know, there's there's lots of um, expansion opportunities, especially in more of these professional salons to attract men. And uh, we know that P&G certainly knows about beauty. You know, they've had Pantene, which has been popular for them, a lot of other really great products. But apparently its sales for women have slowed down, um, you know, a little bit. Uh, Wall Street Journal is saying that, you know, Pantene specifically has seen some slowing beauty sales. And so I think it's just really, really interesting that P&G is going to start focusing more um, on men when it comes to their powerhouse beauty line. So something to watch out for. You may see some other companies kind of sit up and take notice and may decide to kind of flip their approach when it comes to who they market to. Well, right now we're going to take a look at our purse profile today, and it's the Prada Professional. Now, this is a woman who's right there in the workforce, committed to her career, working full-time. She's uh, More than half of them are our parents at median age about 36, and they make um, over $75,000 a year. They do like to keep their eye on fashion and beauty, and um, they're really valuing their relationships, whether it be 
personal relationships or work relationships. Um, they feel like that they're very practical when it comes to what they purchase, how they manage their money, how they plan ahead to purchase really expensive items. They do like to shop for the best price, so they're really swayed by that. And even though they do consider themselves workaholics, they do understand that life is more than just working. They do like to spend time with their family, and they like to indulge in the arts and events and, and learning more about other cultures. So um, one of the other hobbies that they have really is being focused on the environment, and they really do try to recycle. And they're focused on really choosing very environmentally friendly products. Now, when it comes to the products that they are loyal to, they do enjoy Chanel, Lancome, Calvin Klein, Armani. They shop at Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, Pottery Barn. You know, they're driving Audis, Toyotas, and BMWs, and they do like Simple Green as well as an environmentally friendly product. Now, where do you connect with this woman? Well, she's reading tons of magazines and watching cable and network TV for entertainment, but also getting a lot of her information online. The product professional is reading magazines like Real Simple, In Style, Shape, Vanity Fair, Cooking Light, and Martha Stewart Living. She's watching E, Food Network, Fine Living, TLC, and Discovery Health Channel. And online, again, she's getting a lot of information here. She's checking out money, travel, and news sites like MSNBC, Orbitz, Ask, CNN, New York Times, and Amazon.com. Well, when it comes to marketing to women, my guest for today certainly knows what she's talking about. Andrea Leonard is an author, blogger, speaker, and marketing expert. She is also the co-author of Don't Think Pink, What Really Makes Women Buy and How to Increase Your Share of This Crucial Market. Now, Andrea has been on the show before. Love to have Andrea on. I always learn something really significant each time she's on. And today she's talking about shifting the marketing to women perspective from overdrive into neutral. And I'm going to talk about that when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from FutureNow and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on Target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. 
Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel on WebmasterRadio.fm. Well, welcome First back strength to Strength. I'm joined today inside by track Andrea on today's woman. Here's author, your host, blogger, Maria speaker, Retail. and marketing to women expert. Andrea was on the show just last year, and I am so thrilled that you're back, Andrea. Welcome back to Purse Strength. Thanks. It is my pleasure to be here, Maria. Well, you're. I always am um, enthralled with what you're writing about and speaking about, and um, I, I think there's just definitely this this topic of discussion that I wanted to make sure we we spent some time on today. Um, in fact, you know, last year when you were on, you you were just sharing a little bit about your emerging perspective on marketing to women. And I think most everyone knows you as this real thought leader in the marketing to women space, but now you kind of put this. Full-blown, stake-in-the-ground point of view on marketing to women. And you've just published a manifesto called Beware the Gender Trap, Marking to the 21st Century Gender Neutral Consumer. That's a mouthful. But if you could, (laughs) just whittle it down, what you think the gender trap means to people who are listening out there today? Well, I think that... So many brands, as far as I can tell, are still falling into a way too pink, way too women obvious way of marketing. I've got nothing against marketing to women, of course. That's I continue to believe that women are the index. Women are the leading indicators of how all consumers are buying. So I think that a lot of brands come out of the gate excitedly and you know really glad to be newly focused on women, and they go way too far feminine. So I think that the goal should always be to be inspired and guided by women, but not to the degree that you have to put on the label, this is for women, or, you know, which would be literal, or making your website or marketing efforts too obviously girly or feminine, as was the case recently with that Della Notebook launch. And we'll probably talk about that later. I think that today's consumers expect that products and brands will be extremely relevant. So being called out for a gender is a, kind of a weird disconnect. If you make your products serve your customers really well, you shouldn't have to put on a sign saying, pick me, I'm over here, can't you see me? Um, <laughs> I'm in and pink, I think, I'm dressed in pink, pink me. <laughs> I'm pink, look, look, look. And I think, you know, if you don't do that, it's going to be more subtle and women and men potentially may be inspired to buy. Now, so if you unnecessarily arbitrarily put that for women sign either as a sign or a color or sort of just really obvious girly uh, uh content or something, you do put off a lot of men, I believe. And I think that marketing to women should be at really like a 2.5 level at this point. And I feel like a lot of brands are still coming out of the gate 
trying the 1.0 level, which is that they're like, yeah, let's market to women. It's a whole separate thing. And aren't women, you know, they're so different and it's all, that's a great way to come out of the gate that there's a lot more sophistication to the market now. So I think mm-hmm. that you need to do really in-depth consumer insight research and then you're going to serve the human beings who are your customers incredibly well. As I said before, that continues to be guided and inspired by women. But Yeah, exactly. Yep. And in, and in fact, I know that we've talked about this before, that serving the highest consumer standard really benefits everyone. And I think for a long time, that highest standard has been held up by women. It has kind of been this female standard. But uh, what I hear you saying is that may still be the case, but you can still serve both men and women with this approach without calling out specifically the woman. Do you agree? I do agree. The highest customer standard is still women. And I, I realize that people like you and I and people who are in this marketing to women thing, you know, really focused as our, you know, life's work, we feel like we've been saying this for years and years and years. So I honestly think that it's come to a time in the marketplace where the consumer, the female consumer or consumers in general are really expecting to be served this way, they don't need to be told that, and in fact, they think it's kind of irrelevant if you go on and on about how this is a cool new thing that you're doing, especially for women, or, you know, kowtowing to any particular segment. Uh, the consumers mm-hmm. are really sophisticated, you know, so I think that, yes, it is the female standard still that is the way to begin and look at things, um, but that that will actually reach a lot more men these days as well, because I'm seeing men start to shop a little differently. You know, it's interesting. You, you mentioned the Della launch, and, and for those out there who aren't aware of it, Dell Computers launched the Della, which was really clearly marketed to and for women. You talked about dressing it in pink. Well, Dell did it. Talk a little bit about why it's creating all kinds of negative buzz. What, what did Dell get wrong with this launch? What they got wrong was something that they pretty quickly took off their site. They did a lot of assumptions about how women would be so excited to use their netbook because they could calculate their diet tips or they could, they just really put out there this really typical kind of uh, stereotyped girlfriend talk style of a website. Um, and it really emphasizes the colors and the designs and it's it just, uh, isn't really relevant to the technological, technologically savvy buyer, whomever that person may be. So it was just this really a pink wash, and that just caused a big kerfuffle. A lot, I saw a ton of discussion on Twitter by tons of really savvy, you know, known to be very knowledgeable women just saying, what are you talking about? You know, it, this not only doesn't speak to me, it really is kind of a negative portrayal of my level or my degree of knowledge about what I need in my computer. So they... I think arbitrarily thought, well, this is going to be about color and design, and so we'll really girl up the marketing, and they did not need to do that. And, in fact, I think if they would have calmed down the girliness a little bit, um, they might have put themselves in a position where men who are interested in smaller smaller laptops with some color options would, you know, might be interested. But they really, really went overkill on it. Mm-hmm. Just too bad because it is a cute product. I mean, I've seen the pictures. It's it's really the Della is really cute. But I, you're yeah, right. Yeah. It could really alienate women as feeling that it's being just too targeted and in a wrong way to them, and then alienate and alienate the men, as you say. Um, one of the things that I found really fascinating about your manifesto was that 
you've been talking a lot about focusing on kind of that left brain thinker versus the right brain thinker, which can really apply to both female and males. Can you talk a little bit about you, what you're talking about there? Yeah, um, I th- there's a BBC uh, brain sex study that I link to, and if anybody's interested, they can email me and I'll give them the link. And, and it, it's a very kind of quick way to take a test and see where your brain might lie on this continuum between left brain or masculine and feminine brain. And so I align left brain linear thinking with the masculine brain and right brain kind of more, slightly more emotionally um, influenced thinking with women. And so the left brain versus right brain thinker is a way of taking gender out of it and just looking at your consumer and going, okay, our consumers tend to think a little bit more or be more influenced by right brain, right brain things when they're looking at making a purchase of our product. So you're not going to go, whoa, this is, a, this is a real women's thing and so we're only going to focus on women. That isn't really what it's about. I think it's that you, that the, the brand should be looking at the, the ways that their customers are buying with a little bit more of a right brain style and really address the elements of that right brain thinking rather than making it women and girly, and, and, and I think that's really <laughs> inappropriate and puts off any man that might have more of those um, right brain traits. And more and more we're seeing that men are feeling allowed and starting to use their right brain traits a little bit more in consumer purchases and the way they live their, live their lives in parenthood. So it's, it's, I think there's an interesting continuum from left to right brain, and I would say that the majority of people really end up somewhere in the middle. And it's really a problem to assume that it's going to be, you're either way left brain or way right brain. I think that most consumers that you're looking at are going to be somewhere in the middle. So it's up to you to really dial into what's important and what's going to be relevant to them. It could be really right brain traits are the thing that appeals to them. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you do talk about those general gender neutral realities and um, that could apply to both a right brain and a left brain thinker. Can you talk a little bit about what those realities are that could really be applied to almost anyone? Well, I think it's things that marketers have have been mentioning for a long time, and that is just life stages and roles. You know, for crying out loud, it's parenthood. It isn't that you're a mm-hmm. mom or a daddy. All people who have children, you know, they're totally affected in the way they buy. Suddenly, it does all matter. And we've been saying that's the way women think. Women think more holistically, and they think it all matters. Well, Again, women are the leading indicator, but if you're a parent, you better believe suddenly your brain just switched and you're looking at, you know, the bike you're going to buy in terms of how safe it is when you didn't even give it a thought before you had a child or, you know, what you're going to be putting into their stomachs for the school lunch and all that. So I think parenthood, life stages and roles, parenthood, the ways that we deal with the recession, you know, a new kind of interest in healthy living, sustainable values, household upkeep, you know, all that stuff is gender neutral. You know, the way we live our lives, you and I and anybody we know, it is not about whether we're a man or a woman. It's about getting things done in our lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And getting things done has been a little bit more challenging lately. I don't know about you, but I feel like I have uh, fewer dollars to actually accomplish anything anymore. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that is definitely a gender neutrality. The economy, we're all affected whether you're a man or you're a woman. Do you think this gender neutral uh, philosophy that you have has really come even into its own more because of the economy? Yeah, I think that what we're seeing is that when things aren't 
smoothly flowing and growth is happening and, you know, every single line or every kind of product expansion you put out there um, as a brand really goes, you have to kind of step back and look within. And a lot of brands are talking about how they're really focusing on their existing customers. I just read something in the paper today about how Home Depot, they're not going to be expanding their store, you know, uh, growing their stores as much anymore, they really decided that this is a time to really look at their existing customers. And so I think with this economy, you step back, you look at your existing customers, and whoa, sure, now you suddenly see that your, you know, perhaps more extreme focus on women or the way that you were more obvious about your focus on women was really alienating a whole little group of your customers or, um, who you could really kind of nurture and bring along right now. So I think it's it's that stepping back, really dealing and dialing into consumer insights, and then you're going to notice that maybe you're marketing to women the way that you approached it and delivered it. There's a lot of opportunity in tweaking it so that it's more transparent and reaches both men and women effectively. And I think yeah, that the thing I, is... Uh, one, the Go thing ahead, that I think of is that if you could get two for the price of one, which one do you focus on? So you can get, say, everybody's a couple. You know, you could, if you focus on women, you're really likely to get the men in their lives as well. But if you focus on men, you're not so, you know, you may not be so likely. And I think this economy really emphasizes that. So you really dial into women's ways of buying, but... The economy means that it's really the feminine brain traits that people are using to do these purchases. So if you really dial in on the feminine brain traits, you're going to get everybody. Mm-hmm. That's a really fascinating, fascinating thought. The other thing I, I we're not going to take we're going to take a break right now. But when we come back, I do want to talk a little bit more about those companies though that have really been focused so heavily on the the women market, and should they be considering kind of going into that gender-neutral territory that you speak of? Or is there that added benefit if you've got the feminine brain traits, maybe they should still stick with the women? It's kind of that, what do you do, a scenario. And I want to talk a little bit about that when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. 
If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prweboffer.com for 25% off. PRWeb, the premier online release news and content distribution service. RevenueWire.com and its member merchant, LavaSoft, makers of the world-renowned Adaware, present the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest. The LavaSoft Affiliate Contest goes from May 15th through August 15th. Make great commission and win up to $64,000 in cash prizes. Look for all the details on the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest by logging on to RevenueWire.com and look for the LavaSoft logo on the homepage. Win big with LavaSoft and RevenueWire.com. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm joined today by Andrea Leonard, author, blogger, speaker, and marketing expert. And um, while Andrea is known worldwide for being a marketing to women expert, today we've really been talking a lot about gender-neutral marketing. And we spent just, you know, quite a bit of time talking about what that means and kind of how companies should consider appealing to both men and women. And there's lots of ways to do that. You know, we've been talking a lot about shifting into gender neutral. What about those companies who traditionally are marketing to women? They've been doing it for years. Should they go into gender neutral or is there a benefit to still kind of appealing to women knowing that you might also bring men along at the same time? What, what do you recommend? I would recommend stepping back and looking, looking at ways that you can, as it were, soften the edges of your maybe more feminine-focused approach so you might be really um, emphasizing, you know, images of women on your website, or you might have put in a lot of really obvious kind of girlfriend speak in your copy, or, you know, look at each element of your message and what's coming across and see if there's opportunity to dial it back a little bit. So I think that you continue to be guided and inspired, and really uh, the leading indicator is always going to be... Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. Um, I know you do a lot of gender messaging analysis for companies. And so Uh, for any company out there listening today, you know, Andrea can take a look at your messages going out to your target demographic and let you know if it's too focused on women or too focused on men and really can do an analysis for you. I know you spend a lot of time talking to people. You you research a ton. You you read everything. Um, You talk to a lot of groups. And I know that you've recently been spending quite a bit of time with high-level men and some women at traditional male-dominated brands. So it's kind of the reverse of what we were just talking about. What are you trying to learn from these guys, in most cases, <laughs> about marketing to men and then maybe learning about marketing to women? Or maybe it's all part of that gender-neutral thing. Well, what it is is actually it's just sort of the way my brain works, which is why are there so many brands, even as you and I look out and see so many brands really trying to market to women more effectively. There are a ton that still don't get it or haven't tried. And so what is it about some of these traditionally male-dominated or male-oriented brands 
that have made these guys within see, see this women's market as an opportunity, really engage and really invest in it, which is what we want everybody to do. So I'm going back and trying to identify if there were things in their upbringing or gender experience in their lifetimes, their schooling, their career, you know, whatever, you know, not to get too personal down to the nitty-gritty of their relationships with women, but to see if there are any sort of environmental or sociological or psychological commonalities or things that emerge whereby what I learn and identify could perhaps help other brands train the men and even the women that are working in traditionally male-dominated brands, a lot of times the women can sort of get with the program and, and, and not, you know, kind of lose as much of their right brain side in their marketing as just being surrounded by men. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to identify psychologically, sociologically, environmentally, what are the things that these guys bring to the table that made them see that marketing to women was a really good way to go and the way that they approached it was very effective. So it's like I'm, I'm talking to a lot of these men and filtering up what was it that engaged them. I mean, it, it is, there's a difference of generationally. It may be a, a, a man that's in his late 30s, and so his whole experience of life is different. You know, his mom probably always worked. And there may be an older generation um, gentleman who, ha- you know, has a daughter who's 30 and has watched her situation, and that was the light bulb. So what are the light bulbs? What are the things that happen in their marketing careers that make them go, oh, I get it. It's a huge business opportunity. It isn't something that's going to emasculate me if I look into it. You know, I, it's just a fascinating thing to me. So it's me just stepping back and looking at the psychological, the sociological, kind of the environmental, the upbringing, and the learning and the knowledge and the experience and seeing what are the commonalities that filter up that maybe other brands can train their leaders um, to do better. It's like an anthropology experiment. I love it. I think it's so exactly. so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're finding some examples, obviously, of companies that have been doing it right. I mean, you're, you're meeting these men and, and they're getting it. What are some of the, the great examples that you think that people today listening would say, oh, yeah, I, I know what she's talking about? Well, it's interesting because I think one of the things about this is that if you're marketing to women really well and without alienating men, a lot of times it can be a little under the radar. So it isn't going to be this glamorous, holy cow, yes, you're right, they're doing such a great job. It's more this under the radar stuff that I find fascinating. So one of, um, I'll give you a negative example first, and that would be Sears. Sears came out with the softer side of Sears a couple years ago, and it was a real obvious attempt. Look, we're going to go after women. Aren't we great? They did not commit. They did not invest. So what was under that, you know, jazzy little uh, tagline or whatever was nothing. And so they failed miserably, and now consumers, especially women, are not going to trust what comes out, you know, what comes out of Sears. So rather than doing that, you know, they come right out, stake a claim, and then you fall. You fail. Um, why don't you just lay low, do the work, and women will notice. One of the uh, companies that I've been talking with is OfficeMax. Now, they don't jump out at you as being um, really women-focused, but the thing is is they've been doing work for a few years now, trying this and that and learning very, kind of being very close touch with an advisory board of women along the way, letting them know what's working or what isn't. They've not put out some huge press release about how they're marketing to women, which I think is a testament to their methods and their <laughs> commitment. Um, it's beyond a label for them. They're in it for the long haul because they saw the women's market as this huge opportunity. Um, and so I really respect their methods and their sort of slow and deliberate investment in this process. And so their team, with a significant number of men um, behind the marketing approach, is one that I'm talking to quite a bit. And I, well, and it's I also clear. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Andrea. <laughs> I was just okay. going to say, it sounds like being subtle really has its advantages. I mean, you talked about Office Max and kind of this under the radar. Would you would you recommend that other companies listening today consider that subtle touch or maybe even maybe a soft launch to some things that they're considering when it comes to marketing to women? Yeah, I think soft launch is the traditional kind of word or label described for this sort of thing. Sometimes I call it, you know, marketing to women from the shadows. So you do what you need to do and get to know women and how they're buying your product and slowly launch elements of your campaign and your message that really are speaking to them and women are going to notice and it doesn't need to be hot and in the news tomorrow about how great you are with women. I think the point is is that you're going to be doing this under the radar and like three years from now, um, some business magazine is going to go, oh my gosh, look what Thus and So brand did, you know, right under our very eyes. They, they created this amazing connection with women. And so I think, yeah, a soft launch is a great way to put it or to think about your marketing to women kind of in the shadows, and what results is this really powerful, gender-neutral approach. Well, and for companies out there who are listening and saying, okay, I get it, let's let's soft launch, let's consider left brain, right brain, gender-neutral, maybe not so in your face, but do you think once they get it right and they've been doing it well and they've got this, you know, this foothold with their target demo this woman, if that's who they're going after. Do you think there ever is a time that you can kind of pound your chest and promote your marketing to women efforts? Or do you think that's going to alienate women just no matter if they've been loyal and suddenly they realize they've been played all this time? Do you think it's a bad thing to promote your marketing women efforts? Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Once again, I think there are subtleties. And, and if you go all the way back to the differences in the way men and women think or tradi- business has traditionally been done and the way it really needs to be done in kind of a more feminine brain-treated world, if you will, is that the need to pound your chest about something is a very masculine or patriarchal positioning thing. Look, I'm better than you. I'm one step up from your brand. Look over here. Everyone notice me. I'm standing up on this pedestal. I mean, that is the surest way to get somebody to kick you in the knees and you fall over, right? So <laughs> yeah, I think right. that the, the chest pounding is a very traditionally kind of male or traditional model of making sure that, you know, of PR or, you know, kind of the public relations and the media relations, letting, putting the word out there. I think that rather you know, you would take each element and you go, well, gosh, look at what a great, you know, thing our wonderful cause marketing relationship is doing. Boy, look mm-hmm. at what a great, you know, you know, to take elements that really speak to women and promote those, but don't go, wow, look at our whole marketing to women campaign. Aren't we amazing? So it's a subtlety, and you're talking about the cool things that you're doing that are really resonating with women, but you are letting the marketplace or whoever's reading that go, wow, they do really get women instead of, you know, making the title of your press release, we're the best in marketing to women. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. It's kind of like, you know, how you want to be spoken to. You kind of almost have, you have to speak to your audience the same way. I mean, nobody wants um, someone boasting and speaking about how great they are. I mean, that's an instant turn off. So it makes it's very intuitive. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, well, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Andrea, I swear I could use an hour when you come on because I just think you have so much great insight. And this topic of gender neutrality, I think, is so fascinating. And I know you're getting a ton of pickup on it. Um, I know you've gotten um, quite a bit of exposure. And I wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for being on today. 
Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Maria. I look forward to doing it again. Oh, we'll have you back. Absolutely. Um, I know that you're going to have something other brilliant idea as well pretty soon that I'll have you back on. And for everybody who um, has not had the opportunity um, to really follow Andrea and learn more about what she's up to, you're going to want to check out uh, learneronwomen.com. That's L-E-A-R-N-E-D onwomen.com. Lots of great stuff there on that site, including Thanks. her blog. I, and I have one more thing to say, and that is that I'm not a lunatic about it, but I am on Twitter. And if people would like to follow me on Twitter, it's just my name, Andrea Learned, capital A, capital L. I don't know if that man- matters, but that's my handle on Twitter if they're interested in that as well. Yeah, you're going to want to follow her. I promise you, always great insights. So, Andrea, thanks again. And thanks to George, to my producer. Another great show today. And join me next Tuesday, same time, same place, 3 o'clock Eastern. Until then, thanks for joining me. Make it a great one. 